0: Hey guys and welcome back to yet another episode of Truthfully Ruth with your host here, Ruth Hulubai. Guys, as usual, I just want to start by saying thank you. Every time I open anchor and I see the number of listens on the episodes going up, I say God is faithful, but as well, you guys are doing the damn thing. Thank you for running up the episodes this year. So far I've been alone, but I hope that all the nuggets I've shared have impacted you positively and I've helped you start the year on a new new note, on a better note, on a Note that you're proud of yourself and you're looking at yourself and saying, yeah, this year I'm more than a conqueror. So today I thought we might do something fun, something a bit light and just get into it. Sit back and enjoy. Today I thought that we can do a QA. and a but I didn't want to do it the way that I always do my Q&As where I put a sticker and everybody gets to ask me a question and then I answer. I've been saying thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you <laughs> on all the intros and I must say that there are some people who have been really, really stood by me and stood by me and supported me in this project in many ways but there are especially some who messaged me week in, week out. Ruth, these are my takeaways. This was my question to you. Ruth, man, I sat and I thought about this. This is crazy. Ruth, last year you can even see here from the screenshot. You're one of my top podcasts and I sat and I said, how can I reward these people? You know, I, i'm not at the place where i can do like huge huge giveaways for them but i thought this year why not have a spin and a twist to the q a why don't i give these individuals the opportunity to ask me anything they would like me to answer on the podcast and then come on here and answer the questions for you so i want you guys to know in this series of q a for today there were questions curated by people who have really really stayed true to truthfully ruth shout out to them they know themselves. And I hope that in answering them, I can enlighten you guys about some of my opinions and my thoughts on the things they've asked me. But as well, I can do them justice and show them that I appreciate them consistency, consistently Sorry, listening to the pod and what I have to say. So let's start with something a bit lighter. Because these questions, they vary. <laughs> they vary in depth and in seriousness. The first one, I was asked by my brother, three biggest pet peeves that I have. Well, this one is actually so interesting because I thought this was such a timely question. I had said definitely this week I'm coming on the pod to talk about something, which ends up being one of my pet peeves. And I'll start with that one. Not washing your hands after you use the washroom. Guys, <laughs> this thing irks me like to a level I can't explain to you guys. You, have you ever been in the washroom? You're using the loo, whatever. You come out and you're there. You at the sink washing your hands, soaping and everything. And you see other people come out from the stalls next to the one you're in or just the stalls in the bathroom. And they're like out, out and gone. And I'm thinking you're walking out there with those germs. You're going to be greeting people. You know, you're going to be eating food with your hands and you haven't washed your hands. No, guys, please, this year we are pursuing high levels of hygiene as we are looking to be high level women and men. So if this is you, by the way, I'm not calling you out, but I'm just saying, please, let's change that behavior from the day you listen to this episode. Wash your hands after you use the loo. I think it's one of my biggest pet peeves. Number two, coughing or sneezing without covering your mouth. Ah, this one really, 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 really annoys me, guys, (laughs) because what are you doing? You know, when we were just guys are saying, oh, we've just come out of Corona, that's fine. But that doesn't mean Corona is dead. Number two, the kind of germs you're spreading. Yeah. And I don't want to give a disgusting story here of, of some incident that <laughs> happened the other day at school about coughing without covering his mouth. But case in point, guys, just please let's have good levels of hygiene. Coughing, sneezing without covering your mouth. Mm, big, big pet peeve for me. And the last one is people who chew like loudly. Yeah that's that loudly and with their mouths open i think that one is so hard because hey you could be at a very serious lunch you're networking and then somebody's like oh no 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 so for me i think those are my three pet peeves please guys on the ig post at truthfully underscore ruth ke give me your pet peeves tell me what your pet peeves are and share that information with me okay the next question apart from the physical effects gym has on your body how else does working out affect you or help you for example mentally so this is a a nice question i like this because fitness and gym and health are such a big part of me that such questions they really they really make me happy because um i get to share about why they are part of me so the first thing i'll say is the biggest benefit that i've gotten from gym is look good feel good factor And this is something that it sounds obvious, like, yeah, yeah. if you look good, you feel good. But genuinely, every time I've been consistent with the gym and I'm in good shape and I'm healthy and good shape is is whatever it is for everyone. By the way, we don't all have to consider good shape as the same thing. What's good shape? I'm in good shape for me might not be for you. And as long as you're comfortable in your own skin and you feel like you are healthy, then that's all that matters. But I feel like every time that I've been in good shape, I really, really feel like my confidence is just boosted. I feel so confident. I walk around like, you know. I'm walking on sunshine like I'm I'm the top of the world. So <laughs> I definitely say the look good feel good factor has helped me really I- increase my confidence. Secondly, I think the gym has really been pivotal in helping me have a mind over matter mentality. Weightlifting is not easy. Resistance training is not easy. There are times when you go in and you're tired before the session has even begun. There are times you're halfway through and you're thinking like screw this, I want to go home. This is uncomfortable. Um, I'm suffering. My legs are hurting. You know, for those who do weightlifting, if you run, if you gym, if whatever you do, Pilates, you know how how this is. And because it's not easy, and you push through, then you've won something that day. Okay, you know me. I'm the queen of of small wins and and pushing for them, and you celebrating them. So if I've had that small win where I went in the into the gym at seven, eight, eleven, whatever it is, and I've managed to get through my session in an hour forty five minutes or oh, 45 minutes, or one hour, one and a half hours, whatever it is, then I have already something that I've worn that day. So when I face another challenge that day, I'm not looking and saying, "Who can I really hack this? I'm thinking, yeah, in the morning I hacked that weight session, it was tough. So I'm definitely going to hack this. And then you find that different aspects of your life, you have so much more resilience in your mind, because you have this mind over matter mindset that comes from pushing your body in the gym. Because remember, everything you tell your mind, your body will, will believe. But you have to tell your mind in a manner that you yourself believe it before you can push yourself to achieve whatever you're looking to achieve so definitely the mind of a matter mentality something i've gained from the gym and lastly i think the discipline going gym every day being consistent with it it's not easy and you can ask anybody who goes to the gym religiously it's really 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 not easy there are days you're tired there are days you're just thinking "Ah, i'm not in the mood And you want your feelings to govern you. I saw this post by Rotimi and it's not anything novel. There are so many people who have said this even before in books and everything. You can't allow your feelings to be something you stand on and you bank on. And you say when you feel like you will do or because you are feeling XYZ today, you will do or you will not do. If you have a a gym plan, um, a routine, a schedule, if it's push-pull legs, um, push-pull legs again. If you're having upper-lower, upper-lower, whatever your split is. Maybe you're somebody who like my friend. Tony shout out to him his episode is coming in the in the next season. you have like golf on certain days and then you have your gym on certain days like and then you have your sock on certain days all of that creates discipline and discipline is freedom and I've talked about that in the previous episodes which I encourage you guys to go and listen to. so I think definitely the discipline that comes from going to the gym and being consistent with it it definitely applies to other parts of your life and it creates structure in your day in how you go through seasons in life and I think that's that's really really important. Okay, on to the next question. They say you are who you surround yourself with. How has your inner circle of friends and family impacted you as you go through the, phase, the phases of life? Sorry. I want to start by saying I'm somebody who's very family-oriented. I love my family. They're my people. And where I've reached now, there are some of my friends who have become my family because we've been friends for such a long time. Or the magnitude of the relationship we have has graduated them to that position. I also have a very small inner circle, like people who genuinely, genuinely know me, people who can relate to me and, and people I look up to. And I think the first thing is that they've allowed me to have a soft landing. In this life, you're not going to do everything perfectly. Sometimes life will throw things at you that you never thought possible. But when this inner circle, you know, they've got you, it offers you a soft landing that you can call your boy and just be like, I know, I know this one, I've messed up, but This is it. And you just cry and you talk and you rant and you do everything. That soft landing is so important because, you know, again, here I propagate vulnerability more than anything. And I think that if you are able to allow yourself to be wounded and somebody doesn't take that opportunity to wound you, but they support you and they help you to heal. I think there's something so beautiful in that because it also gives you hope as a human being that not everything in this world is so bleak and lost and that whatever life throws at you, you'll never have to go through it alone. There will always be somebody who will be willing to walk with you, who will be willing to hold your hand, and who will be willing to just say, yeah, Ruth, I see you. I see what you're going through. And it's not easy. But you really got this, my sister. So I think that's the beauty of, of who I've surrounded myself with. They allow for me a soft landing. I think the second thing is that they inspire me and they motivate me greatly. Because they're all working hard. Like, I don't like being around wow, whoa, 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 whoa. <laughs> around lazy people. So, my friends are people who I look up to. They're people who are achieving things in life. They're working while doing school. They're working good jobs. And good jobs can be anything. It is what it means to me. And it's not about reputable institutions or or organizations. It's about the way they apply themselves to their work. And I just want to take this opportunity to shout out my brother. I think he's my biggest inspiration when it comes to work. This guy puts his best foot forward every day. I watched this man for a year work from like leave home like at 4:30 a.m come back at 7 routine routine for a whole year guys for a whole year and i just look at him and he really inspires me because he shows me that also whatever you do will yield fruit where my brother has worked people can say yeah he was here he did that work because you can see the systems he's put in place you can see the order he's created you can see the fruits of that labor and i think that's the most beautiful thing about life when you're putting in the effort and you see the fruits of your labor It's amazing. So shout out my brother for that one and all my friends really and my family, they inspire me and motivate me in in so many different ways. And lastly, I think I'll say that they provide room for healthy relationships and interactions which offer me stability in life which I think is crucial. What do I mean by this? It's not always easy as an adult and here on Truthfully Ruth, we also stand for responsible adulting. Sometimes you have certain compositions. You've disagreed with your friend, with your family member, you've There are things that have gone wrong. I thank God that my inner circle have given me room for us to learn how to handle it positively. Be it my parents, be it my brother, be it my friends. Just be able to be like, hey, by the way, I didn't like that. Or what's going on? We're not communicating. Or you said you'll call at this time. It's two weeks later. You didn't call. What's going on? Like just being able to be real with each other like that is something that I've taken from the people I've surrounded myself with. And it helps me to want to always be honest. And just want to always have those difficult conversations. Like, okay, this is what the situation is like. What's up? Because I think there's a beauty in sometimes having those conversations. And if you govern them in the right way, there's something good that always comes from it. And there's a resolution to a problem. Whatever the resolution may be, it might be we're agreeing to disagree. But that is our solution at the end of the day. Okay, the next question. What do you think is the one thing holding young people back from achieving their dreams? And what is your advice to them? Wow, this this one I felt so much responsibility. I was like, okay, <laughs> this is a lot on my shoulders to give guys the way, because <laughs> I'm also just a young person. But I think I talk to too many young people who don't believe in themselves. They think they think they are too small, like to do things. And I think it's a shame because you're not too small and you're not too young either. You can start businesses at any any age. I have friends who started businesses and they're doing great, and I'm always so proud of them. Me, myself, I started this podcast. I didn't know where it would go, what would come from it. But I was willing to to try. So my whole thing is a lot of young people don't believe in themselves or their abilities. They think, oh, you know, I don't know if I'm really that good. I don't know if this thing can work out. We're not, we're not willing to just do it. We're not willing to do it. We're not willing to sit and say, ah, this is where I am, but I'm just going to try. And I know I can do it. I have faith in myself. We don't. And my advice, therefore, is believe in yourself and it sounds so easy oh yeah just believe in yourself yeah sure thing no like actually sit and believe in yourself look at the things you're doing and tell yourself you're gonna get it it might not be on the first try it might not be on the second try but you're gonna get it you started a business and it failed start another one look at yourself and say i'm limitless and nothing is impossible and with that be able to learn transferable skills that you can do with different um work different job jobs or if you're starting if you're an entrepreneur with different business ideas make sure you have the skills for them and don't accept little things that that from life like if life is giving you a little push life to give you more push life to give you what you deserve and everybody listening to this pod deserves so so much You deserve so much from life so don't take what life gives you if it gives you lemons make lemonade it sounds silly (laughs) common saying but don't be satisfied with the lemons the lemons are bitter on their own you don't know what to do with them with lemonade you can sell it you can make uh, a better situation for yourself maybe you'll start even a lemonade business but case in point don't simply take what life gives you and say yeah yeah this is it push push life for more and ask for more ask for more from those around you ask for more from yourself ask for more from those who can help you and you'll see your life transform you'll go where you're going and get where you're going because you believe in yourself and you're asking for the things you want Okay, next question. How important has therapy been to you? And what have been the challenges, if any, you have had to face going through therapy? Okay, so with everything, the challenges, but we'll get to that. Um, for me, I think at this point in my life, therapy is something that has become so, so important um, for me. And I was having this conversation with my therapist actually this past week. And we were saying how, you know, also therapy right now is, is a very like, it's an in thing, you know. Oh, I'm doing therapy. Yeah, yeah, yeah me too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Who are you doing? It to? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's it. It's a conversation starter. It's it's something that when you're looking for a partner, at a, it, will clo- it will qualify you. And we were saying basically, both me and my therapist of the opinion, that's crap. Do therapy because it gives you a map for how to heal yourself and do the self-work. Therapy is a gateway for you to do the self-work. You simply going there, you could go there and say nothing. You could go there and be dishonest with your therapist. You could go there and you're not even bothered really what you're doing for that one hour. You're so mindless, you're doing other things. Or you could go there and in that one hour, have honest conversations with your therapist, connect with your therapist, and have some takeaways on things you can go and meditate about and things you can go and ask yourself, is this where I want to be? Is this a behavior I'm willing to change? What's going on here? Like how did this happen? What was my contribution to this? You know, actually push your life in the right direction. So therapy itself is important to me because of the way it's allowing me to grow and allowing me to shape my future and shape the kind of person that I want to be. But otherwise, it wouldn't be um, as important as it is. And challenges, I think challenges is, is consistency. Hey, with therapy it's consistency. Because there are times you get lazy. You've booked a session and then you're thinking, oh, I'm tired. And for me, because of the time difference, um, my therapy happens at night. So it takes discipline those days not to sleep, (laughs) to fall asleep. And as well, this is the truth. I don't know if it's just me. Other guys doing therapy? Please write it down in the comment section of the post for this episode. Do you find when life is going good, sometimes you're like, "Ah, I don't need the therapy, (laughs) which isn't the way it's it's supposed to be. It wasn't the way it was meant to be. Therapy is meant to happen whether or not you're feeling good, whether or not life is going good, because there's always something for you to think on, something for you to meditate about. So yeah, I think also when life is going good, sometimes I'm not very... Very serious or vigilant with it. Okay. Another question here is the differences of uni life and high school life. Very simple question to the point. <laughs> I love the guy who asked this question. So, uni life, I'd have to say, you plan a lot more things for yourself, especially your time, because there's no one to structure it for you. There's no one to tell you do this now, eat now, do this now, shower now, go to prep now. I feel like in high school, a lot of your time is more structured. In uni, you structure it for yourself, which requires discipline. I would have to say as well, I went to a bigger university by choice. I think my university has 40,000 students in total. And every so often I meet and interact with, with so many people from so many different backgrounds and so many different uh, races and so many different beliefs. And there's always something that that I feel you can you can get from, from them. So I'd have to say in my experience, uni has a lot more people than high school. I went to a nice, small, intimate high school. Shout out, Brookie. <laughs> and then finally, I would say that uni d- requires so much more discipline because there's no one to check after you your parents don't check your professors don't care your ta doesn't care you're on your own basically and you need to structure yourself and start working at adulting 1.0 in a manner that you can balance everything healthily and just make sure that as much as you're also just doing school you're having time for social life you're having time for yourself which i think is the most important thing to take care of yourself And yeah, you're finding time for the things that you value and are important to you. And you're not losing the ball when it comes to what sent you to school or to uni in the first place. Now that you are in your final year of uni, what are the lessons you have learned having been to multiple schools and interacted with different cultures? I think the first lesson is that no one way is the right way. And I'll say that one again. No one way is the right way. I think going into different cultures has really, really been helpful for me and studying in different countries. And if you missed that, guys, there's a WBB episode, What WBB Has Taught Me. That explains all my uni journey. You can go and listen to it. And I have to say, sometimes you think the way you were brought up with the things that you were told and the way you do things, maybe by the manner of you've learned to do them that way, is the right way and the only way. Then you go to different cultures and people are getting it done in a different way. And you're thinking, and you say, wow, okay, maybe my way isn't the only way. And it's not necessarily also the right way. So I think that that exposure has shown me that no one way is the right way. There are many ways to skin a cat. It's the truth. Pick the one that works for you, run with it. And that leads even to my second point. Every culture I've been to has good things about it. And I have admired different things about Asian culture, European culture, American culture. And I've learned that the beauty of that exposure is you can take the good things and add them to your arsenal of life tools. So every culture, the thing you found there, take the good stuff. You know, in Hong Kong, I saw people work hard, but as well, they had like so many nice spots to, to relax, to unwind, da, da da I took that from them. In Italy, I found the pride of the people for their country, for their language, took that and applied it to myself. In America, it is the discipline in the sense of these guys, they work hard, you know, like capitalism here pushes people to lengths. <laughs> that you can't imagine and i think we don't have that much of capitalism in kenya or in africa yet and if i pushed as much and as crazily as these guys pushed i'm sure i'd be so, i'm gonna be so far in the next few years so every culture you go to take the good things about that culture apply them to you to your life and lastly i think the exposure from everywhere i've gone and every culture i've interacted with has shown me there's so much to see in the world sometimes you sit in your country or in your city or in your town and you're in a cocoon And you think that that cocoon is what makes up life and makes up the world. And then you come out and you're like, wow, actually, people do things like this. And then, wow, this happens like this. Oh, wow. And there's this holiday. And wow. And in that exposure and that experience, you learn there's so much to see in the world. So many places to see. So many different attractions to see. So many people to interact with and see. So it taught me that, yeah, there's so much to see in the world. And that's why traveling is something that's so important to me. Before I hit the big three zero. And I hope that I can achieve it. And even just think, think sm- like start small going big, guys. For me, my goal is the next two to three years traveling Kenya like properly. I want to go to like places I've never gone to in Kenya before or places I've gone but new destinations. Like I want to push myself to explore because even our country is so beautiful, but we wait for Wazungus to come and tell us that this This part is really nice, or you wait to go on IG to watch a Mzungu's video of them in Kenya to say, Oh, Kenya really has this, guys. We need to do better. And I'm calling upon the youth, actually, guys. Let's do better. Local tourism is now a thing, man. So let's be the people who support our own tourist attractions. We go, we know where these places are, and we are the ones making reels, informing others that, Hey, look at my country, and this is what it has to offer. Next question. I hope you guys are enjoying this. Please. Go comment on truthfully underscore okay. Let me know what you're thinking thus far. And the next question says, despite studying abroad and being heavily exposed to Western culture, how were you able to stay grounded at home? For example, continuing with your community service project with the girls. That one is with the girls in, in, in Teso, And I'll talk about that briefly with all the life changes that happened in your life. So let me start by saying, guys, I do an, a project where I buy sanitary towels for girls who go to school in Teso, Teso North County, Kenya. They are standard eight girls, and I do it to ensure that let's avoid teenage pregnancies guys if we can get our girls going to high school they have a better chance of going to uni a better chance of making a life for themselves but if they get pregnant early we have big challenges in getting them to move on with life if you would like to be a part of this please do let me know never be worried to dm me at truthfully underscore or dm me on my page and yeah we can definitely organize a way that you can get involved with this project anyway back to the question how have i been able to stay grounded I think the first thing is by standing firm in who I am and what my morals are, you can take somebody anywhere from wherever their home country is. There are behaviors that characterize that person as that person, and that person can either choose to stand firm in them, especially if you have good morals and you have a good character, or they can choose to deviate and take that of which the place they are. Now, deviation in itself is not a bad thing always. I want to put that disclaimer out there. But deviation towards bad manners, deviation towards poor morals, deviation towards a life with no... I don't know how to say that in English, but (laughs) if you got it, you got it. That's where the problem is. But if you're deviating to be an even better human being, as I said in the previous question, to take in good aspects of other people's cultures to make yourself better, then that's fine. That's absolutely okay. And I think that by standing firm in who I am, I know who I am, and I think I'm a very confident person as well, by standing firm in that and my morals, it's, it's really, really helped me not to be swayed and to just be be grounded in, in myself and not allow anything to get me. The second thing I would say is what I value in life. I think the older I've grown, I've solidified more and more, or the older I'm growing, hey, sorry, I'm not that old. <laughs> I'm solidifying what I value in life. And I think when you know what you value in life, and for me, I really, really value, like, because case in point, the example used, helping people who are less fortunate. You stand with that. You stand with that. You run with that. And you let that govern your actions. You let that be what your behavior signifies, what you care for and what you value. So yeah, I think by standing firm in who I am, by being straight to my morals and by being clear about what I value in life. How has doing the podcast impacted you and what has been your favorite episode to work on so far? So how has doing the podcast impacted me? I think it has shown me I can do anything I set my mind to. I've talked about how I started this podcast in previous episodes. You can go in and check those out if you haven't already. And I think that it the thing of idea to actuality is so big for me. And that's because I come from a family of entrepreneurs and it's so beautiful to see. But now doing it on my own, on such a small scale, I love it. You know, I love that I was able to prove myself to myself that if I want to do something, I can get it done. I think that's the best way it has impacted me. And it's also showing me people care about what you have to say. Sometimes I look at the numbers on some of those episodes and I'm like, this can't be for real. Like people cannot be so concerned. Like, (laughs) for example, there was an episode about like hygiene. One of the I think it was grooming that did really well, like one of my best solo episodes. And I was like, but why do people care so much? Like what I have to say about grooming? And it showed me that you have a voice. Whether 10 people listen, 50 people listen, 100 people listen, 200 people listen. You have a voice. So use that voice for good, you know, because people actually care what you have to say. And then my favorite episode, I, I cannot say one was better than another, but I definitely can say all the episodes I've had guests are my favorite. I enjoy interacting with guests on this podcast. I enjoy having conversations that are enlightening. And I just enjoy sharing this space with people. So I'd have to say the episodes I do with guests, they're definitely my favorite. I won't pick a specific one because <laughs> I'm grateful for all the guests who've come on here with episodes that have already aired, those that are to air. I'm grateful for your time, guys. And I love you so much for, for making the sacrifice of, of coming to, to share with us your stories. Okay, we're almost wrapping up, guys. Stay with me for a little bit longer. What impact do you want to leave behind when you're gone? What do you want to be remembered for? I felt this question was so it was profound because it was so simple. What do you want to be remembered for? No need for many stories. What is it? And I sat and I really meditated on this question. And the answer I came up with was, I want to be remembered for being kind. This world is such a cold, dark place, and there are so many people who are just rough and tough, and that might be because of their childhood, their upbringing, I don't blame them, because of any exposure they've had, and I feel like it really robs them of the experience of just being kind human beings, or relating with people in a kind way, or just simply being good people, and good is is relative, so it's up to you what you determine good as, but I just know that for me as Ruth, when I'm gone, I want to be remembered for being kind that people will say that girl was so kind and her kindness knew no limits. It was not about race. It was not about sex. It was not about gender. It was not about anything. Economic class. She was kind to everyone she knew and anyone who had a chance to know her could say that about her um, without any dispute. So that's what I'd like to be remembered for, for being really kind. And the final question. Because you always ask your guests this, What advice would you have given your 18-year-old self? (sighs) The advice is a single, simple sentence. It always works out in the end. I think looking at my youth years as they are starting and going on, and looking at even those who are ahead of me, I realize that we stress so much about things that are going to sort themselves out, as long as we're doing our part. So, it's really been encouraging for me to remind myself often, it's always going to work out in the end. Because it does. It just does. And everybody knows that. There are moments you felt like, "wow," and it worked out in the end. Yeah, that would have been advice to my 18-year-old self. It's a stress, Anna. It always works out in the end. Guys, I hope you have enjoyed these questions. Please go to the Truthfully Ruth page. Share with me some of your responses, what you thought, what you would have said. And I really hope that my responses have given you some food for thought and something to look at. You can answer these questions as well on your own, with your partner, with your family, with your friends, whatever. Ask them if there's any question that really intrigued you. Ask somebody you care about what their response is. That's it for myself for today, guys. I hope you enjoyed the Q&A. And until next time, stay focused, stay happy and stay smiling. I love you guys.